As always, our show is sponsored by Memoria Press. You can find our curriculum at memoriapress.com. Welcome to Classical Etc., a show from Memoria Press that dives into the philosophy, culture, and heart of classical education. You're in the studio with Shane Saxon. Welcome to another episode of Classical Etc. I'm seated with Paul, our old friend Tom Scholthorpe, and Martin Cothran. Now, Tom, in this episode, we're not going to discuss math, mainly because you don't want to be in a box. And I want you to feel affirmed that I don't think of you only as a math guy, but as a math guy plus. Hmm. Does he, does he <laughs> actually know other things? I like the plus. It's, yeah. a, it's a math operation. That's right. See, <laughs> everything comes back to math. I, can't I, I thought Tom was going to say he'd rather be like seen as a human being that loves math and other things as well. But yeah. he's I, was a also, math guy. I was also going to say Plus. that um, I, you don't have to affirm. No, um, I want you to fe- my, feel like my interests. I appreciate you. <laughs> and so on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the idea of free time. Now, before we get into that, I have a question for you three. And instead of asking you what you've been reading recently, I wanted to ask a different question. Is there any way over the course of your, the three of your lives that you have tracked or journaled the type of books that you read or when you read books? Have you ever done any of this kind of journaling or tracking of your reading? Because there's, you know, I, I personally am more fastidious about like keeping lists of the movies I watch and the dates that I watch them, but I've, up to my attempts to also do the same with books, books I kind of tend to just kind of go in and out of. And as a helpful point of reflection, I know other people do this. Do any of the three of you participate in this I, activity? I am floored by this idea of keeping track of the movies you watch when you watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say that the way I track them is on, on, in my living room, I have a book of my bookshelves and those are all books that I want to read or I've read partially and I would like to finish the books in the basement on my bookshelves are books that I have read and that's why I track it. Well, have you guys ever participated in any kind of journaling? Keep track. Well, first of all, I think journal is a noun and not a verb, <laughs> but I made it so a you verb. journal that this is one of the, one of the, this is a disease in our language that we want to it's called verb. A neologism. We want to verb. Is everything. it a disease or is it the? the is, I call the, it. Or ver- is it progress? I, <laughs> I call it verbing because verbing is an example. That's clever. Of a noun, verb is a so, noun. So you're just you're, you're just participating in that which you are you are decrying. <laughs> I'm I'm satirizing it. I'm, I'm lampooning it. I'm, anyway. Okay, so I do not journal. I never journal. I write things down. Um, <laughs> In and, a book, which is called a journal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the book is called a journal, noun. Uh, anyway, uh, so I have a list. I actually have a list yeah. of all the books I want to read before I die. Okay. And it's got a check, a little check nice. on it. It's on my computer. And uh, it... What the only reason I have it is not to keep track of what I've read necessarily, except only in the service of allowing me to see what I really need to the next most important book mm. that, you know, cause I'm, you know, you know, we're getting up in age here, so you got to make <laughs> sure you, you hit the biggies. And so I can, I can look over the list. The ones I've already read are checked off. I can just look at the ones that I have not checked off and see, okay, so What's another big one I need yep. to, to get out of the way here that I have not read that I really do need to read before I die? Sure. Tom, what about you? Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit humbled. I, I, uh, I don't. Okay. I have not done that. Um, I, I kind of 
have different fields that I, I move in and out of, uh, even in the same day. Not just math. Yeah. Right. Uh, the only, the only thing that, that I've done over the past uh, couple years is I've kind of set up a rotation in my leisure time reading where I'll move from, um, like kind of magisterial biography to, um, uh, classical literature to like a book, uh, like a cultural commentary, um, sure. uh, current, current time. Um, and, and I just kind of rotate through that. Right. And do you ever kind of get out of the cycle or do you, you're pretty strict on going through the various genres? Recently I stepped out of it for yeah. a couple of weeks and read a book about the new England Patriots dynasty. Wow. And because I thought I'm um, just getting an insider picture on how Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick did what they did for mm. 20 did, years. Did they make was, the playoffs this year? I, I'm not necessarily a fan. Um, okay. It's, it's just a matter of, uh, I'll answer the question. No. Yeah, they did. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just a matter of, of uh, just acknowledging the fact that in the salary cap era, um, no other team has even come close to, right. to what they were able to do and, and sustain. And uh, from a leadership perspective, just yeah. trying to understand from organizational leadership perspective, especially yeah. given that it was an organization that was terrible for decades. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So I, yeah, I, I one time was challenged to write, one page reflections after any book that I read. And I think I've, I do that somewhat consistently, not perfectly consistently, but I think going beyond that, I found that with kind of keeping lists that it could be just neurosis, but I, it could be that when I keep lists, it actually helps me to retain what I enjoyed from books because I'm able to mm -hmm. recall where I was in my life when I read a book. So I think it's an interesting habit that may be helpful for some people or may not. Now, one of the reasons I ask too is that it's been a way that I have tried to better use my free time. In classical education, the project of classical education is to attempt to educate you know, students, but someone has said educate adults who will then live great lives and a part of their lives are going to be their free time. So our classical education is hopefully equipping them to use that free time well so we're going to talk about that, but before we get to the question, we are talking about it because specifically it's in a little book called Great Ideas from the Great Books by Dr. Mortimer Adler. Martin, you've referred to this book as your secret weapon. Why do you say that? <laughs> well, what it consists of, and I, I believe that these were actually articles from uh, a column that Mortimer Adler wrote in newspapers for many years. It was a sort of the great ideas version of Dear Abby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, people would write in and they would ask a question about, you know, what, what is, you know, the, the, what is justice? And he would answer the question. And he, in, in what in the book is just uh, about four pages uh, in a small book. And so what he's done basically, you know, he, he, he put the, the great book set as you can see in the back, ground here together uh, with uh, Robert Hutchins at the University of Chicago in the 50s and 60s. Uh, he, he put the Syntopicon together, which is volumes two and three of that, which is an index to the great books. He did all the stuff about the great books, and then he produces this little thing, which is like the everything just boiled down to its absolute essential. So if you're talking about justice, the article in the in the uh, Syntopicon volume in the great book series is is going to be 20, 40 pages long, whereas in here it's four little pages mm. and he just boils it all down. I mean, that I, I love that, the yeah. idea of that, yeah. the idea. 
Absolutely, the great <laughs> the idea of it. Uh, so, so you can just, it's just great little reference work. If you want to remind yourself what it is that the Greeks said about what justice was, what the Bible said justice was, you, you just go to his article and mm-hmm. he just has, has boiled it down in there. It strikes me that someone with a classical education would have been exposed to all of the questions that he's asking, but maybe have never read a concise treatment right. of each one. Um, Tom, before we get into the discussion of leisure time, you read the chapter, hopefully I sent you. Uh, I did. Thank you. Uh, what, how did the, bike, the book strike you? Have you ever read a book like this or what did you think of it? Uh, I appreciated the uh, conciseness and the clarity of what Dr. Adler had to say in response to the um, question. And uh, it was very stimulating. Um, so, I mean, I think I would agree. It's, it's, a, it's a powerhouse of a, of a little book. It, yeah. uh, um, um, to be stimulating in such a small, uh, such a small number of pages is challenging. Paul, you found your mother's card that. Yeah. Yeah. Her, uh, her book club schedule in there mm-hmm. from 2002. So when she was moving recently, she was getting rid of a bunch of books and she's like, you can go through these, take what you want before I get rid of them. And so I found this Martin secret weapon in this, you know, several boxes of books. And this is one of the few that I took. And so I found her, her schedule in here. I had no idea, no idea she ever did this. And with her notes, she was learning about, you know, divine and human law. And, um, you know, and that's the thing is, is it covers so much, but you can, you know, her book club, they were reading like three of these. So we're talking just about one, but they were covering about three a week. And, um, but you can skip around, yeah. you know, it's not something that you got to read front to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should probably say the title again because people are going to yeah. forget. What we, uh, the Great Ideas from the... Is it Great Ideas from the Great Book? Yeah. Yes. The Great Ideas, great ideas from the from Great, great Book. Mortimer Adler. Yeah. yeah. Do you know if this is still in print? No, it's not in print. Uh, mm-hmm. it, we're, we're actually hoping to be able to republish it. Yeah. yeah. So before we get into our discussion of free time, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. On your mark, get set, go live. Classical Etc. is hitting the road and going live at the Great Homeschool Convention in Cincinnati, Ohio this coming April. We'll be there with the rest of the Memoria Press team to meet with you, answer your questions, and come together at this table for a live taping of Classical Etc. Join us in Cincinnati April 13th through 15th at the Great Homeschool Convention. Follow the link in the description to learn more. Hope to see you there. The title of the question is, how should we use our free time? And in the book, there are various questions from readers, I guess, because Martin said this is part of his column. And the, the gist of the question that was posed to Dr. Adler was, isn't it bad for society that we have so much free time now? Which is a very interesting question and comes from a very different time. Um, and Dr. Adler responds by making some distinctions. But let me pose you three the question and you can answer it and interact with Dr. Adler's answer. So Martin, is it bad for society that we have so much free time today? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, I think we we as human beings, for one thing, I think Adler would agree with this. Need to work. Um, there, and and he kind of says that in here that that there's a there's a time to work and there's a time to play. Uh, you have cultures who are who in in you know certain people in different times. It's all they can do is is work, and that's probably not good. Uh, but then again. If all you do is play, uh, that's really not good either. You you need you need a uh, you need a time to labor, and then you need a time to just 
do what he would call what 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 we call leisure things. He he likes free time better than leisure. Um, to do things that need to be done. If you look at at how civilization was formed, one of the things uh, Edith Hamilton says about the Greeks is they were the first culture to play. You know, they have the Olympics. Nobody had ever done that before. Um, they 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 had time to play. They but they they didn't neglect work, but they had time to play, and. And they're really the first culture to do that. They're also the first culture that really developed an advanced civilization. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Paul, Dr. Adler does make this distinction that Martin alluded to in saying, you're talking about free time in the question, but maybe we should divide that term up more carefully. What, what do you make of his de- definitions? Well, I've, I think it was a great distinction to make, right? Because he says, you've got free time and within that free time, you can do, you can be doing leisure work. He he calls it something something speculative work or something along those lines. You can be doing leisure work, or you can be doing playing within that free time, right? Um, basically, he says that the the time that we're working at our jobs that's needed labor, and that is just to provide for our sustenance. So the question is, what do we do outside of that in that quote unquote free time? Are we playing? Um, you know, or, or, you know, and he would lump entertainment into that, uh, any form of relaxation, or are we working on character, culture, et cetera? Um, and, and I, th- I think that's a, that's a great distinction because most people, the, the way our society works, it's, it's work and it's play and, and, and leisure. The reason he doesn't like the term leisure is because so many people use that term to mean play mm. instead of using it to mean um, to, to mean a different form of toil. Yeah. Toil, and he says specifically, just simply, work in the liberal arts and the sciences. That's mm-hmm. what he calls leisure. Mm-hmm. Tom, let me ask you the question. What should we do with our free time? No, and I don't want to put you in a box, but you're a math teacher. Mm-hmm. So you probably get this question from parents. <laughs> yes. Should my kid spend all of his quote unquote free time doing math drills. Mm. What should we do with our free time? Well, I do math problems. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, uh, no, you know, the, uh, the article struck me. um, It caught me a little off guard because if you asked me, what do you do with your free time? My, my immediate response would be, I don't have any. Mm. Uh, Now the helpful distinction that he makes between play and leisure caused me to change my initial answer. So yeah, I'm not here at Memoria Press all the time. Um, About 85 hours a week. Right. Something like that. Now the rest of the time um, during my week is, uh, is taken up with study, which, which I think would fall under his category of leisure, I agree. Mm-hmm. leisure toil. Right. And, and, um, and so I'm, I'm writing a dissertation that's leisure toil. Um, and that's a choice I've made to, to use time outside of work, uh, to that end. And then the other, uh, the other big, um, time commitment of mine is, uh, my family and, and church, especially my kids. And so I think also that would fall under leisure, um, leisure time. And in the, in the, in the sense that, um, I'm contributing to their character development or, um, I'm participating in, uh, uh, culture through the church. So, uh, so I, I, what I would, I guess I would revise my answer and say, I don't have very much, if any play time. Yeah. Martin, what do you think of Tom's claim that family life is leisure or do you think that that's subsistence work? 
<laughs> well, I, the, the point I was going to make is, is, you know, and I think we would say, all of us would say that our work involves a lot of, of the things that, at least for me, I'm doing in my private time also. Mm-hmm. I mean, it involves a lot of reading. It involves, I mean, writing to me is a, is a creative activity. I think that's the other thing is, is you, I, I think part of what you need to have outside of your work that work that's really labor and is not something that in, enriches you in some other way, like, like my job really does. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, um, there's, there, okay. So, so you, ha- you have your leisure time. You can use it for this kind of work toil where the, not work, toil, uh, subsistence toil. work, leisure work, which can be the same as what you're doing in your job, which it is for me. But then there's also things like, for me, uh, cooking. For somebody, it may be fishing. I think those are good things, and you need to do them because you need to you need to have some way to relax. Right. Even I would think, you know, watching. You mentioned the Patriots, the watching football on <laughs> on the weekend, uh, which you can do with your family. It's something you do. I could do with my grandkids who also love football. There's all those things. I, I just think that part of this is just balance. Yeah. I mean, you have to have different things. You can't do, if you do any one of those things and that's all you did, that's not good. You have to have a mix of those things it, you, just to balance your life a little bit. Yeah. And no. I mean, I loved, I love Adler's, like when I was reading Adler, it seemed like he was trying to take play or, or relaxation, you know, and, and, and bring it down into a much smaller amount of time then, I mean, he's writing this, I think it's in the 60s, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, the amount of free time that I think we have today is probably exponentially more than what even they were dealing with, he was dealing with then. And he, he boils that playtime sort of down into, uh, he never gives a, a moment, but the, sort of the impression I got was in a week, you might have a couple hours, you know, and the rest you're spending in, in leisure toil or subsistence toil. And, and I feel, felt like that was such a great perspective mm. um, because you do need that rest, but it, you don't need, a, a, if, if all you're doing is resting, then it's not a restful activity. Or if all anymore. you're doing is playing computer games, you, you know, that's, that's doing something, but that's not doing anything that, that helps you or anybody else. Right. right. And it seems like the question of asking, do we have too much free time and is that going to make us degenerate? Is actually is kind of an important question, but in our the, it strikes the modern ear funny, and I think that's because I've I've heard other people talk about the way that that these questions came up was when you started to have the modern developments of convenience appliances or things like that. The thought was people are going to have more free time uh, because to they contribute don't, to society, yeah, because they don't have to cook and all they mm-hmm. can use the microwave. But instead, we filled that free time with more work. And the person asking the question assumes that we're just going to fill that. So now people work in the question is we're heading towards 25 and 30 hour work weeks because our data management is so much better now than it's ever been. And the reality is people just work more. Mm-hmm. Now we work 60 hour weeks and we do more and we're more productive and we're richer and we're not leisuring at all. Uh, one, one of the things here too is, is the difference between means and ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually work, uh, and he used used the term utilitarian somewhere in here. We usually work as uh, because that's a means to some end, mm. which is presumably not work. And 
so so there's a lot of problems there. I, one is that some people they they spend all their time on the means. They work towards some stated or unstated end, but they never get to the end. And and I I probably said this before on the show. I mean, I I when you get older, you start thinking, you know, here I've been working all of towards something. What is that thing I'm working toward? What is the end of all this? Um, that I've been, you know, working to, you know, have a salary and support a family and do all that stuff. And I think that most people don't think about that. They don't think about, uh, you know, they, and this whole system of retirement where you, you, you work all these years and you get a pension and you retire and then, then what? For mm. some people, mm. they don't have, there's nothing there. You know, you go live in a rest home and play shuffleboard. Is that what you, that was the end mm. of all this? It was, was it really worth all that? Um, whereas I think, you know, um, I think probably all of us have some thing that we want to be able to do. For me, it's, you know, sitting on my porch and reading a book, you know, right, and that, right. that, but, but I get to do a lot of that for work because it has to get done now too. So um, I think that's another distinction that's important here that he didn't really talk about too much. And I think that brings us back to the, why this conversation is appropriate for us because it seems like the Memorial Press curriculum, the mission of the Memorial Academy, Memorial College, Highlands Latin School is to equip students with the ability to participate in that third category. That is, mm -hmm. if leisure time is work in the liberal arts and the sciences, you have to be educated in those categories or you'll fill your free time with work or you'll fill your free time with play. Mm -hmm. So what are the ways that our mission helps students and equips them to, to do leisure work. Well, I, I want to quibble. Okay. Can let's I quibble? quibble. Let's do it. So you just said, and I, I feel like we're losing the distinctions Adler makes. So you said, you know, filling our free time with either work or with play subsistence work and, and subsistence work. <laughs> and, and, and so, I mean, the, so talking about how we equip. So like I found myself personally in a position like what Martin was talking about, that a lot of the, what, what he calls leisure work, because it happens to be subsistence work for us. Like I go home, um, mentally exhausted. Right. Whereas I'm not physically exhausted. And so in some ways, in sort of a, 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 an opposite way, my subsistence work is my leisure work, which means when I get home, my body's telling me you need to go do like what Adler would call subsistence work. You need to go work with your hands. Right. And so in, in, in my world, it's kind of flipped, but you know, that's where I think what we're, what we're training students to do is if they're in a position where they, they're able to where, where they're what's providing for their family is, is something having to do with liberal arts, you know, culture, civilization where, yeah, maybe with Martin, Martin evidently has more intellectual stamina than I do. And so he goes home and he reads more, right? I go home, I go work with my hands a couple hours, then I'll sit down and read once I've got that break. Right. And so if a child has, has come up through the liberal arts, they may end up with the, with the mental stamina of Martin and they can just go home and keep doing it. Or, you know, it, let's say this, the students gifts, they, what they want to do is work with their hands. They end up doing that during the day and they come home and they end up contributing to culture and civilization through enriching themselves, passing that on to others 
in a leisure work outside of that. We need an organic metaphor here. And here it is. Okay. There's plowing, there's planting, and there's harvesting. Okay. Plowing is that labor you got to engage in to, to enable yourself to plant something, which you maybe would be education. Um, and then the harvesting is the leisure you're able to uh, engage in after you've done those things. That's impressive to me. I agree with Martin that I think what Dr. Adler is saying is that subsistence work is the work you do to continue collecting a paycheck. Whereas the leisure work for you, it is what was formerly probably many people's form of subsistence work. Mm. For you, it's still engagement in the sciences. And you're doing work that you choose to do to create a meaningful life for yourself. But Netflix is not creating a meaningful life for you. No. It's not building anything. And that would be the distinction, right? I suppose, and yeah. you've been you've been equipped to participate in farming through an, a, a robust education and to find it meaningful. Because yeah, you have the absolutely. philosophical categories for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I. Well, I, I think uh, I might quibble a little bit with this distinction between substance and subsistence and leisure work because we live in a time I think which is unique in history. For instance, Martin said that in, in essence, Martin has been, has monetized his leisure work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I wasn't going to tell him. Martin, Martin got someone to pay him to do what he would do if he didn't have to work. <laughs> right. So can we properly call what Mark gets paid to do substance and work just because he gets paid to do it? Um, I don't think so. Right. Uh, and then on Paul's side, like we said, it's kind of switched. Um, what was traditionally substance work, Paul does for free at home. Not really, but because he's, he sells meat and things like that. He's monetized that as well. Um, but it is a little bit switched. And, uh, and I, so I think in, a, in our time today where, where we encourage um, people to pursue a vocation that is personally fulfilling, what we're basically saying is find a way to get paid to do what you would do with your leisure time. I'm so um, impressed that a math guy came up with that. I know. It was impressive. <laughs> and, and I think that's unique in history. Um, and so, uh, yeah, well, there, there it is on the table. Let's talk about that. I agree. That, that, you want to make your vocation your occupation. That's, right. what, that's what we tell people. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the way we're bringing up kids, right? We're basically saying, what do you want to do? Yeah. And then let's go find a way for you to do it, right? And that's the way you're going to earn your money. I mean, that's just, that's society's Or even more so. Orientation. Even more so. Figure out something you want to do and get people to pay you to do it. That's right. You want to record videos, put them on YouTube and monetize it, right? right. I mean, that's mm -hmm. effectively what we're telling our kids to do. Yeah. Don't you think though that that, what you guys are suggesting is the 1% of 1%. Martin is not the norm. And I think our curriculum- He just said that Martin is abnormal. I think that's <laughs> what he just said. Does actually equip the, re the rest to, to participate in leisure activities. But because I've been given the categories- of the liberal arts and science, I'm able to participate after work for this, the hours that I have in things that I wouldn't naturally be drawn to. I am able to read and discuss well, and think about. Well, we pushed ideas. you to read in fiction. Yeah. And is, yeah. Isn't that part of what we're trying to, to mm -hmm. equip people with the ability to do so that their lives are meaningful and it's not just the emails and conflict and the Netflix. Yes, I would, I would heartily agree. Yes. On that. And, you know, and, and we're helping people make these distinctions between, okay, you're going to sit down and read just because you're reading doesn't mean you're participating in, in leisure, 
right? So you can, because a lot of books are written purely for their entertainment value, mm-hmm. right? And so are, are you trying to read a, a, a book that encapsulates a great idea? Then we're participating in leisure. And, and, and could, could we say that classical education uniquely fits people to do what you're talking about? Mm. Because a lot of modern education has, is because of, uh, because of a lot of this concern about, about using education to get a job. That this is, <laughs> this is the chief function of education is to enable people to be workers in the economy. That is so utterly restricting I mean, I don't, I don't, we we just assume this and we don't think about how, how, how that makes us less human almost. Mm -hmm. Is that really what we should be preparing? And, and we're not preparing them to do the kind of thing that we're talking about that we, we can do not just for work, but in our leisure time. Mm -hmm. Education should fit you to do both. Mm -hmm. So Tom, how does it do that? Well, can you draw some direct lines between the education we're providing and the preparedness for leisure activities? Uh, well, um, I think that I know this is true in, in my home. One of the things that I'm trying to do with my children is um, ignite or incite in them a love for great literature. Um, so it's 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 not enough to impose, I think, uh, a certain educational paradigm onto a child. We want to um, form their loves, and uh, and if I I think that if I can through example and through participation. So in, in, in other words, we read together every night um, as a family. Um, what I'm trying to do is uh, is um, develop in, in their hearts a love for great literature so that um, when they uh, become adults, uh, they will pursue that uh, with their leisure time, yes. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's, it's more than just, here, you have to do these, these particular assignments in school. It's we have to show them what is good and and lovely and desirable about about pursuing these things. I'd I'd like to bring up Martin's need for an organic analogy here, metaphor, organic metaphor. I came up with that for you. You're but thank you. But you know, and and I'm not trying to say the brain here is a muscle, but I think what we're doing, what Tom's talking about, and and getting his kids to love literature, he's also giving them skills. Right? It's 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 your it's your, your bodybuilder who's going and working out those muscles again and again and again. And then they reach a point where what they enjoy is working out those muscles. Right. And so if we help our students develop these skills that what work, what Adler's calling leisure activities is what they enjoy Mm. and what they're good at, then outside of the subsistence work they have to do, that's what they will have a natural affinity for. Me and Tom Bond on this all the time, but we read, you know, the Old Testament a little bit in its original language every day and nobody makes us. Mm. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't been equipped with, you know, for our students, it's Latin, but for me, it was Hebrew um, as educated in that way. So, and it's like one of my chief joys is when I get to sit down at my desk and spend a few minutes doing that. And that is the kind of leisure activity that's very fulfilling and more fulfilling than some of the vapid entertainment that I also participate in on, <laughs> yeah. on a regular yeah, you basis. You have to prepare prepare to do the things that you really want to do. You know, if you want to go out and, and play basketball, you, if, if you just are a couch potato and you serve, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even with your, your grandkids, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta in some way prepare yourself for it. And we need to prepare ourselves for the most things possible. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do in education is mm-hmm. to prepare ourselves for, to, so that we can do anything 
that we, and we may change our minds later about what we like to do, what we want to do. And if we've got a really broad education, we've developed all of our faculties, then we can do that if we want to. Just apply your mind to it. And Martin says you can do anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last question. For be adult. all that you can be. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. That's <laughs> Army Martin. I was in the Navy. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's your mind? Anchors away. Anchors away. Okay. Anchors away. There you go. The adventure awaits. It's been a number of different things over the years. But <laughs> last question. Adult listener who maybe finds themselves wanting to expand their time, their free time or expand their leisure time by spending less free time playing and spending more time in leisure. What are some suggestions you would have for an adult to help them to focus on using that time well? Paul? The only thing that, the one thing that's coming to mind when you brought that up, I don't know for whatever reason, this may be completely unhelpful, but I remember as a kid always going, dad will never watch TV with us. Hmm. And it was, it was interesting. I mean, it, you know, we were limited in how much television we watched, but we knew that it would be, it was a rare occasion, a very special occasion when dad would sit down and watch maybe a football game or something with us, but it was not a common thing. He was, he was applying himself in, in other things that were, that were beneficial to him. You know, even though, you know, kids need more time for rest and play adults don't. And he was showing us that example, but you also need to find things that you all can do together. Uh, so for example, uh, now on uh, this weekend, we're going to watch the NFL playoffs and, and my boys like football. I like football. My grand, my grandsons like football. Um, and, uh, one of them, unfortunately is a Bucks fan. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but that's a, that's, that's valuable in and of itself too, is to be able to do something together, have some common point of interest where you can socialize. And, and so that's also important. Yeah. Right. I, so mine may not be helpful, but yours is, you, that's in the context of play. We're in the context mm -hmm. of trying to get them more into leisure. Like he gave me that example of, of being able to restrict my amount of play, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think you're right. We need to be able to find leisure ways, mm -hmm. like ways to be together and do that in a way that's that's building leisure mm -hmm. in, in, in the sense of the basis of culture. Mm -hmm. It strikes me, Martin, that your family, that you were intentional from the stories I've heard and meeting your sons, you were intentional about leisure in such a way that you're not sitting around during football games being like, ah, oh, I feel guilty for wasting this time. Like you've spent other time. Oh, well. yeah. No, a lot of reading, a lot of reading aloud. Uh, my my sons all have some intellectual activity they're engaged in that we talk about when we have dinner together and, and all that. So yeah, all those options are available to us because of that. One recommendation, and this is just going back to the beginning is if you don't find a way to reflect on the things you're reading, maybe try that. Um, it's one way to take entertain books and translate them. Maybe you can read books in a way that's purely entertainment, but there's a way that you can read them in a way that contributes to building a, a you know leisure time into your life and one way to do that would be reflect on them a little bit well and and you know all of us are just involved in a discussion group that that we we haven't i mean to me that's one of the funnest th mm. funnest things that i do even though it's intellectual that that to me i mean i think discussion is is a means but it's also an end i mean i i can't think of a better way to live my life than you know getting together with my buddies and talking about books i mean it's it's a fun thing to do Tom, what about you? 
Uh, I would say for a, for a guy who was not classically educated, um, which I think maybe a lot of our, our parents are in that boat and mm-hmm. we see the value of it. We want our kids to have that. Um, so uh, for, for myself, um, what, what I would say would be helpful and how I've kind of um, tried to move in this direction is, is it's okay to start small. Um, as Paul alluded to earlier, it's like training a muscle, mm-hmm. which takes discipline. And the best way you can be successful with discipline is by starting small. So take a little chunk of time each day. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and early on, you may, you may have to kind of force yourself to do it, but, uh, over time, what well, you develop the, uh, the desire and the, and the love for it. And then, uh, then it, you can't get enough. And I've, I've, I've seen that in, in my own life. And, uh, and so, yeah, don't be afraid to start small. And, and physical exercise is a great metaphor for this mm-hmm. because, you know, the more you do, the more you are able to do. And mm-hmm. it's the same with your brain as it is with your, with your body. Great. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Classical Etc. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show. Be sure to check out all the great podcasts there. As always, I'm Shane Saxon. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit us at memoriapress.com. To connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.